Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's St. David's Day, which should be a happy time for all those Welsh, but it's been four days since Scotland beat Wales at Murrayfield, and I don't think either of us are in a particularly good mood. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. First part of the pod each week is what we call fronting up, which is where we have a look into a big issue from in and around the world of Welsh rugby. This week, it's going to be the fallout from the Scotland versus Wales game, which uh, was was nothing short of a disaster. And helping me to pick the bones out of that one is Dan Killick, Cowbridge's finest son. Dan, how are you? Not great. I'm in a bit of a hole at the moment. Yeah? Yeah, hoping that you're going to be able to uh, somehow pull me out of it. Mm, that's, that's not an ideal situation to be in when you're in a... An emotional low, and you're relying on me to cheer you up. Can you do it then? Well, I mean, we'll find out over the, the course of the next forty minutes or so. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold your breath. God, it was um, bleak, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I and mean, we've got absolutely loads to, to get through. So we're, um, we're going to be dissecting that. I, I if you, if you can't help me, I'll be back on the, back on the acupuncture table. So uh, uh, do you know what? You, you'd be best off there. Yeah, I've run out of money though. It's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> um. Should we start with a positive note? It's St David's Day. That's, that's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, happy St David's, St. David's Day. Day. Yeah, yeah there happy. we go. Right, happiness done. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, I've, uh, just before we get underway, I've got a bit of a, got a, bit of a bone to pick with you as well. Right. Well, what's, what's all this? Have you been like, flirting with another podcast behind my back with, yeah. the, with the boys from Pundit Arena? What's, what's going on there? I did mean to tell you. Um, yeah, I'm the, sure you did. had a, a little message from... Uh, Alan Drum mm. of, uh, of, of Pundit Arena Rugby, and uh, they wanted me to do a little something for their uh, the Oval Office podcast. Just going through the uh, going through the game and um, talking about what's going wrong with Welsh rugby at the moment. So uh, yeah, there was a bit of cheating there. I do realise they got the they got the wise, not the Morecambe, uh, <laughs> by by asking you, don't they? I think they do want you on there next yeah, time. Yeah, oh, but wow. um, no, something different. Yeah, it is, but you know, I, I feel like a bit of a I feel like a, 
a spurned wife here. You know, I've caught you caught you coming home late, smelling of another podcast's perfume, <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm uh, lip, you know pundit arena lipstick on your on your collar. I'm not I'm not very happy about it, Dan. Yeah, after my performance, it's probably very much a one-off. <laughs> so. Um, no, I have heard it. It's um, it's it's very good, to be fair. And it's um, yeah, it's uh, it's well worth a listen that one too. So if you uh, if uh, you've still got a, a mood, you know, if you're in the mood for for more rugby chat, and uh, and probably with some guys who are a bit less a bit less depressed than us, then uh, then do check out the Oval Office podcast uh, from the guys over at Pundit Arena. And right, so I I suppose you better crack on and and have a chat yeah. about the game. Really, where'd you begin? Good grief, where mm. do we begin? Um, it was it was one of the most bizarre games I think I've um, I've ever watched really in that we were right in there first half weren't we but we played some really really good rugby I thought we I thought we had the game won uh, at well, half time yeah yeah I just can't understand what happened you, after you know we were, we were in front in, in those key facets of the game where you know you, you need to get you need to get on top of them in set piece. Scrum, I thought we did okay. You know, we certainly weren't struggling at scrum time. I think there were probably a few refereeing decisions that, yeah. that didn't go our way there. On the scrum, though, mm. we do... Why do we blow so hot and cold? I don't know. It's just really frustrating, isn't it? We're, we're, we're better than that against a... Against a you I mean, know, that is, poor, that's probably the weakest scrum. The poor Scottish, yeah. The, the Scottish scrum is probably the yeah. weakest in the, in the Six Nations, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, even the Italians have got have got a good scrum. You yeah. know, and we weren't exactly we weren't shocking in that department, but we didn't have absolute dominance. I no, think. we didn't. And as you said, the ref, some of those refereeing decisions uh, were definitely questionable. But still, we we didn't seem to uh, massively control it. But that aside, the lineout went pretty well. You know, I think Ken Owens has been throwing good arrows throughout the whole of this tournament. And doing really well in the loose. Played well, isn't he? The tackle area was smashing them back again. Admittedly, not quite as many Hollywood hits from Moriarty as before, but Alan Wynne Jones and uh, and Ball and these guys getting through plenty of work yeah, in the he, first half. Yeah, Tipperick as well. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, Tipperick was absolutely exceptional, wasn't he? Warburton, massive half. Mm. All the you know, all of them put in a put in a huge shift, and I I just couldn't see us. I couldn't see us losing. I thought we had absolute dominance and control. Um, and um, well, well, I'm sure we'll come on to it uh, a little bit later on. I, mean, I, th- I also thought that our line speed mm. um, in the first half was was right up there with some of the finest I've seen. Us, we were we were so we were so sort of up for it and and, and on it, and then we uh, we completely melted. It was just capitulation, wasn't it? Absolutely, we melted. Even the things that had gone right in the first half didn't go didn't go our way. I think the breakdown was an area where I, I thought we had them on toast, and two things happened. One, uh, Hamish Watson came on and had a, a fantastic game. For he them. did, but we contained him in the first half, didn't mm. we? We 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 had him. But it feels as though the, the referee made a massive difference in the second. You know, there's times there when I, I, this is papering over the cracks because the refereeing is not why we lost this game. But in the second half, there's times where Warburton's over the ball for five or six seconds, and the ref's not called anything. And on the flip side, you know, Watson has, has got there for two or three and Scotland pick up the penalty. Yeah, I, I agree with his paper on the cracks, but we need to talk about it, don't we? I mean, mm. the referee was, was woeful. He was absolutely shocking. Um, so much so that I thought that, um, 
he'd really he'd really got into the heads of, uh, of, of of our players. Probably shouldn't have, but they seemed. I don't know. They seemed to almost sort of almost sort of give up towards the, uh, the, the 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 latter part of the game when we were going in. We were we were taking one up. Um, yeah, he was. He had a he had a really really poor game. But we didn't we didn't adapt and switch, yeah. did we? Um, no, we didn't. That's the most frustrating. Where was the you know where was someone to say right you know they're getting away with this. We need we need to start we need to start doing it. Um, but it did it did seem that we couldn't beat the ref. Yeah, which you have to though, don't you? You do. Yeah, yeah. you do. I mean. You know, we said before we came on that uh, we don't want to have too much of a pop at the ref because it does detract from all the other, all the other. That's the only reason, by the way. Normally speaking, I'm all I'm well up for putting the boot into John Lacey, yeah. but yeah, I think you're right. It's that's not the reason that that's not the reason that we lost. Yeah, and yeah, I think that that kind of offers a bit of a a bit of a get out. Yeah, they were they were. Um, they were very they were very niggly as well, weren't they? The Scots mm. fair and fair play team yeah. as well. The Greys were right up for it in you know everyone's faces. They, you know when there was any any sort of a little scuffle, they were coming over. Again, first um, half, I thought I thought we had the measure of them. Yeah, we did. Phys- in the first half, you looked at it. And Physically, thought- we were we were we were dominating, yeah. weren't we? We were we were winning the collisions. We were getting we were over the breakdowns. Um, I I wonder whether the um, that crucial miss by Halfpenny on the thirty seventh mm. minute. Which would have put us, um, as I was saying, ten pints clear. Ten points. <laughs> you were probably ten yeah. pints clear at this point, weren't you? No, no, on the squashes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. On the squashes. You're looking at me as if that's I nonsense. Just, you know, I just don't know what I can believe anymore um, after this. You know, you're off gallivanting with other podcasts, and <laughs> I'm just not, just not sure what I can, you know, what, what to believe. I wasn't, and what not at the, I wasn't at the pub watching the game. I was on the squash, and. Um, yeah, ten points clear, and you know we would have been we would have been six sixteen, wouldn't we? And I, I I wonder whether that was the there was a something psychological there that um, that, that, that that just affected us, and um, there was also a niggle, wasn't there, at, at halftime in mm. the tunnel? You can't. Well, I don't think I don't think these things really really make it really make a massive difference. Well, in they terms do. Of, you can't let it get the better of you. You really can't. No, no. And if they have, then you know, fair play, Scotland. They've got the the one-upmanship there. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, bloody disappointing. It is, yeah. We've got plenty more to uh, to get our teeth stuck into. We kind of covered the forwards to start with, but I think the backs is where we're going to spend a lot of um, a lot of time, kind of on the autopsy this week. And uh, another guy who's not particularly happy with the backs' performance is our friend, the mighty Murph, who I caught up with earlier. And uh, here's what he had to say. Mighty Murph, how are we? I'm good. Uh, happy St. David's Day. Happy St. David's Day. That is something to be happy about. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. There's uh, probably a few things that that, uh, that you're not so happy about, which we'll get onto in a sec. Um, yeah. The first thing I wanted to bring up, though, is uh, it seems like you're uh, you're making players up. The, the George Ford <laughs> playing for Wales. <laughs> the, uh, the, was it Tommy Price playing for Scotland? Tommy Price and Tommy uh, my, Price. Other mate, uh, my other mate Ali Seymour. Ali Seymour. It seems to yeah. be. It seems to be catching. I don't know if you noticed this. Well, like I said, he's, he's Tommy to his friends. He's uh, Tommy to his mates. Well, apparently Tommy Seymour is Tommy Boyd to Eddie Butler. <laughs> I didn't uh, catch that. I, I must have been. I must have been so frustrated by the game. I didn't catch it. He was getting someone's name wrong. Yeah. He, uh, he referred to him as uh, as Tommy Boyd throughout the first half, and then corrected himself in the second. <laughs> I was I was sat there lost. I thought um, 
I, I thought there was a player I, uh, I hadn't picked up on, but yeah. <laughs> turns out he, must, he just forgot well, his he, reading glasses again. He, I think. In, in Eddie, yeah, well, in Eddie's defence, he must be getting getting on in years now, and he's uh, I'm not, so I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm a good twenty years younger, I'd imagine, than Eddie Butler. So uh, yeah, I don't know, don't know what yeah. your excuse is there, Murph. Well, no, I know, I don't know. One too many pints of ale, maybe. Yeah, or just excited to be on here. I don't know. Oh, well, there we go. You, uh, you absolute charmer. Right, <laughs> things, uh, things you've spotted. I know um, the uh, the form of, of one particular winger is something that uh, that you wanted to get off your chest this week. Yeah, well, n- not only that, um, it's, uh, it's George North. It's not only his form. It's um, is with Wales and probably most teams. There's always a wing- there's a hierarchy with the wingers. So mm. the best the best finisher, obviously in the past, would be Shane Williams goes on the left wing because yeah. he's going to get the better passes because it's a, we- it's a weird thing to tell someone who doesn't follow rugby but uh, teams generally pass better to their left because yeah. it's off their right hand so you put your best winger on the left wing I noticed since I don't know it, it start, started definitely the start of this tournament but I didn't notice it in, in the autumn is that Liam Williams is now our mm. left winger and George is on the right wing whereas in the Cussy days, which seem distant now. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, it's a fortnight ago, three weeks ago. Uh, Cussy would be on the right wing. George would be on the left wing because George would be regarded as a better finisher than yeah. uh, than Cussy. So now it's now it's Liam Williams regarded as the best best finisher, and George is on the right wing, and he's taken over Cuthbert's defensive prowess in the last game against Scotland. Well, he has though, hasn't he? And um, you know, you think of all the all the stick that Cuthbert got after the England game. Mm-hmm. North defensively was as bad, if not worse, than Cuthbert this week, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Visser was it Visser who it scored? It was Visser on the left. Yeah, yeah he, he, Tommy Visser, obviously. <laughs> he he, uh, he kind of beat him in a phone box. There was no space. Yeah. There was no effort Visser to go, and he just kind of got, he kind of spent well, it, it, as is our. Uh, the, the way with Welsh right wingers, he was busy watching the man then fall back yeah. inside him and um, just completely fluffed his lines. Um, but outside outside of uh, Saturday, uh, generally, if you look at where George was four years ago, about to go on his first Lions tour as a 19, 20-year-old, mm. and, and the way he played in the first test and everything else, he was he was amazing. I mean, he was a revelation. He was everything. Any plaudit you wanted to put on him was merited. Yeah. And if you look where he is now after what should we say, three seasons with Northampton? You, you know, he couldn't, like I, I probably said to you earlier, he couldn't improve physically from where he was four yeah. years ago. He was, he was an amazing physique then, and he still is. But he should be improving with experience, with just drilled skills, with, you know, all sorts of reasons why he should be getting better over the last four years, and he definitely hasn't. And Northampton to blame for that? Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> There's been a chance of a bit of a chance for Welshman to bash some English clubs. Oh yes, wow, we're, we're always happy for that. Yeah, uh, I mean they they they've gone backwards as a club as well. Obviously, um, they were playing really well when George signed, and they've gone slowly backwards. They've lost people like uh, Manu Samoa mm. and a few others, and their back play is just kind of well, well, it wasn't great anyway. They were kind of a crash ball kind of a back line anyway, and then when your forwards start stop providing you with good ball and things look really ugly and that's why they've fallen in a hole somewhat like in the last say twelve months. So um if you're on the wing on that side you're not gonna give any opportunities here. Yeah, that's true. What's the what's the answer then? Is it you know, do we do we stick with George here, which you know, uh, how do you think a lot of stick for 
for sticking with Cuthbert and, and kind of picking him yeah. in blind faith. Well, yeah. I mean, what, yeah, what is, I mean, what is the answer? Well, they've had so much patience with, uh, with uh, Alex Cuthbert in the past. I mean, I can't see them turning on Jaws in a hurry. It's not as if we've got wingers queuing up anyway. So, I mean, I still think Steph Evans should have a chance at some stage. But, um, yeah, I, I, there is no answer. I, I think get him back playing in, in the Scarlets and get his mm. best form back. That's what I think. No, so that's a good point. It'd be something we'd uh, happily happily embrace uh, watching him come back to come back to Wales. Something else yeah. I know you uh, I know you spotted was uh, was kind of the the refereeing and particularly the uh, the so-called dark arts at the scrummage. Well, yeah, I mean the, uh, the boy Xander Ferguson. Did you see that? Mm. His first name, right, straight away. I know, amazing. Xander Ferguson. <laughs> so if it's, as long as he's not an Ali or a Tommy, you know, you're all right. <laughs> yeah. You remember Xander. <laughs> Yeah, that's an unusual name. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's been thrown in because of WP Nell being out, and it's probably much sooner they wanted to throw him in because he's, he's uh, young for a prop, and I mean, amazing prospect for him, but too young probably to be mm. starting games at this, at this stage of his career. And he suffered against Ireland, suffered against France. The whole scrum, in fact, has been going backwards uh, in reverse and uh, until he played us. And then I don't know if we... I don't know if you can blame Rob Evans, maybe a bit of inexperience at that level. He didn't make the most of playing against a, a weaker prop, but he, he came out, I don't know what the stats are exactly, but he came out worse off in the, in the penalties from John Lacey, the ref. Well, yeah, and I think that's, yeah, I don't know, I mean, Wales have got bigger problems than the referee that they're, that they're coming across, but I don't, <laughs> I, don't think, you know, I don't think anyone in Cardiff is going to be too keen on buying him a pint anytime soon, are they? John Lacey, no, I mean... He, to be, he, wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been very popular before Saturday, mm. um, but um, he, he, like I said earlier, the, the contrast between watching that game and the way the, referee, the, the breakdown was refereed between the game straight after and the, what's his name again? <laughs> I couldn't get his name wrong. Nigel Owens. Nigel Owens. <laughs> Not Nigel Evans, as you called him to me earlier. Yeah, or Tommy Owens, one or the <laughs> other. Um, he, he, um, the way he refereed the breakdown meant that Ireland could generate enough quick ball to let Johnny Sexton go, and ultimately that allowed him to win the game. If it had been John Lacey, I think, running, I mean, I'm sounding like a really bitter Welshman now, but if... if uh, You're in John good Lacey company, mate. Yeah, if John Lacey had been refereeing that game, I guarantee the breakdown would have become a mess, turgid, and no fast ball for Johnny Sexton, and then it would have had a different result, I think. I think you might well be right. And, uh, yeah, all eyes, all eyes now turn to Cardiff uh, in a fortnight's time. And, uh, well, yeah. no, are, we, are we wrapping up? Oh, well, I was, I was going to wrap up, Murph. I thought your old man was coming round. <laughs> he is old man Murphy, 89 <laughs> last month. Uh, oh. he, he is, um, uh, yes, it is a fortnight uh, to the big games, but there's some really good club games this weekend. Uh, Which um, important for Welsh rugby. So. Anything, anything, that's, um, anything that's caught your eye in the, uh, in the betting department? Anywhere we should be sticking our money this weekend, Murph? That's um, what the punters really want to know. <laughs> the only thing is for me, Wednesdays are too soon. I, I don't mm. look at the prices till Thursday. I don't, want to, I don't really want to know what the prices are until I've seen the team. All right, then. Well, i tell you what. You drop us, uh, you drop us a tweet on, on the weekend, okay. on, uh, on yeah. Friday, and we'll, uh, and we'll make sure people see, uh, see where your I'm flash of the week is. Or whatever I suggest, go the opposite way, OK? <laughs> All right, then, mate. Cheers. Cheers, Murph. Good to chat. Ciao, mate. Cheers. Bye. So you've heard there what Murph's got to say about the backs. Dan, really keen to get your take on this. It's your kind of area of the field, your area of expertise. Yeah, thank God we got Webb in the team. Yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, without him, 
we would we well he uh, he looks very very dangerous doesn't he um but um yeah short of that we're we're not offering uh, not offering any threat at all are we Liam you know Liam's doing probably as much as he can do from where mm. he is in that position and I'm sure we'll come on to that a bit later yeah but um desperate clueless um I think we have the direction that we need and um yeah, we need to uh, we need we need to make we need to make some changes. Yeah, we do. Is it more than personnel changes though? In terms of well, is this a bigger problem than just if we were to change a few players here and there, we'd have a better we'd have a better set of backs? Because to me, it does not look like a cohesive unit whatsoever. Yeah, for me it is a, it is um, personnel really. I mean, we need to we need to go down that route first of all, don't we? And we've got. We're just doing silly things like picking players out of form, mm. um, not trying different combinations. Because um, it's not the end of the world, is it? If we try a combination, it doesn't quite come off. It's we can, not. We can we can make substitutions. But we've been saying this for weeks that, you know, we said before the England game, oh, it's too big a game to to put Sam Davis in, and you know, oh, it'd be too big a game to put uh, to put Steph Evans in. It, to me, it, it comes back to Hayley's selection. You know, he's had the opportunities to put these players in, and he could have had a, an in-form, firing back division where form is rewarded. So players are playing out of their skin, knowing that there's players over their shoulder. When that's that's just not the case. Yeah, well, I mean, he's it's, it's, it's sort of brought it on himself, hasn't he? Really. So we were so bad in that second half, um, and we haven't created anything really for a long time, have we? That we've now got to we've now got to play these players. Um, because we have no, we have no other, no other option, really, do we? Well, things I thought we on Saturday, I thought we actually created quite a lot by our standards. We just didn't look like finishing them. Even the try we scored, like watching it back on the replay, I thought, oh, it still looks as though we're going to squander it. Half penny passes, it's so early. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're looking at it going no, straighten up, straighten up. But it's, it's only because it was such a massive yeah. overlap we managed to do it. We can only score if it's a huge overlap and it's just ship it down the line. To score, and even then, it don't, you know you don't feel entirely confident that that's what they're going to do. Yeah, but that is linked to the it's linked to the creativity as well, isn't it? And uh, a massive part of that for me is com- is, is, is confidence. We we we're, I think our confidence really is is, is right on the floor. Um, Definitely, we we just everything about us, our body language, it, it's just not where it needs to be, and um, it's it's. it's is deeply worrying, isn't it? But that comes back, you know. Confidence comes from form, and we're 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 not play, we're not playing informed players. So mm. what do we expect? What do the coaches expect? You know, they, they they can't they can't do it if they're not informed. No, and I, I think particularly in the backs, there's a number of players playing there who have either not been playing that well for their club, not playing for their club, and just not performing for Wales. You know, Halfpenny North. Jonathan Davies look like shadows of the players that that they were when they were in their pomp. It begs the question: Why are they there? Before we get into Cuthbert, who's you know not had a good game for three years and was you know was was thrown in against England. So, so what is it about Hayley? Why doesn't he fancy these players? Why doesn't he fancy a Steph Evans? Why doesn't he fancy bringing in Sam Davies at ten? I I wish I had uh, I wish I had the answer because I don't. I don't really see it as a, as a risk. If they're in form, it isn't a risk. It's a risk to play the players that aren't in form. And it's massively, massively backfired. 
Now we're in a position where we've dropped down to to, to what seventh in the rankings. Mm. It's an absolute must-win game against Ireland, and the French game is as well. We're not going to make any changes really, probably in the backs. Um, Falatel will probably come in. I think a firm bait and maybe Charteris. Um, and we're going to be we're going to be back to the back. We're going we're, we're we're flying backwards at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, literally I think so. at, a, at, a, at a huge rate of knots. The the most alarming thing for me is that in the second half, so that, or certainly for one half of each of these games, we've fallen off a cliff. We have when it when it's really matters. And Scotland have uh, have struck you know against Ireland, they obviously came out of the blocks, mm. you know, shocked them. Um, Ireland struggled with them out wide. Um, you know if that is one if that's one area that we can target, it it, it, it could be out wide. But we're appalling there anyway, so mm. we'd have to make changes. But um, they, then Ireland really came back into the game in the second half. So Scotland dropped away. I think neutrals were really thinking at half time that we were going to push on and and and, and put sort of twenty twenty five yeah. points on here, and it, it it just went completely the other way. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. And that's the that's the hugely worrying thing for me. And that's what makes me think it's more than just selection, and it's more than just you know a few changes here and there. Because you look at it and go, that is a squad that is so devoid of confidence. Yeah. Doesn't have, doesn't appear to be, you know, a united camp. Camp. It, it yeah. just doesn't, does it? Well, I've always, I've always tried to be, uh, you know, fairly, uh, fairly optimistic, and as you say, the, the voice of reason. But I am, I am struggling to be positive on this. And, uh, um, you know, a group of my pals said to me, they said, "Don't you dare be positive." This, you know, on, on the podcast, don't you dare. And um, it's. It has to come. It has to come back now to the uh, to the to the coaching setup as well, mm. doesn't it? I mean, the way the way in which they, uh, you know, how he held himself after the uh, post match in the press conference. The press conference. Yeah, he um, there was no eye contact. Obviously, there's journalists all yeah. over the shop, but it was no eye contact. His eyes were down. He was hunched over, um, and that's not a man that you know. He's not you know. He takes it on the chin and sort of says the right things. It's so boring, though. If you if I've heard clinical being used yeah. once, you you know, you, how many times have we heard that? It's nothing to do with being. You know, clean. We we we're just we, we're all over the shop, and he, he needs to sort of his basic stuff, doesn't he? You know, look look strong, look 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 commanding. You know, take control of that, even if he's not feeling that way. And I think that comes across in how we're how we're playing personally. And if he's like that in press conferences, you wonder how well he can command the. A dressing room. That's been, always been my biggest concern. Is he doesn't look like the kind of yeah. guy who's going to lead you into battle and yeah. go right. You're going to want to follow me. But for him, he's making more of a problem for himself because you know you, he, he looks weak because of the way he holds himself. He's not pushing his shoulders back, you know, upright. And and these things, yeah, you know, you can say what do they matter? They do matter because his perception isn't. It? He is he, he as much as anything. He needs to sell confidence. Mm. He needs to sell confidence to the Welsh public. Uh, the media and the team, and if he isn't, if he if he isn't confident as the main man, then what hope have our players got going out on the going out on the park? Another thing that came out of the press conference and has dominated the media has been this confusion around the penalty kicks or kick gate, yeah. as it's uh, as it's been called. What do you think happened? What do you think happened there, really? All right. Now, we often say we're sat here speculating, which is all we can do, because otherwise you just take the players' words for it, right? Yeah. Which, 
you know, sometimes you go, okay, fine, that looks like a, a reasonable outcome. But that's a mess. Whatever has happened there is a mess. And it ref- it's, again, it's not the reason we lost the game, but it seems pretty endemic of what is going on in that Wales camp. The skipper has pointed to the posts. It's his decision as to what Wales do. Skipper's pointed to the posts once. He's gone over to Biggs, who said, do you want to go for the corner? He said, no, points. Lacey has pointed to the posts. It has to be a penalty kick. Bigger has, has again, asked Alan Wynne-Jones, you sure you don't want to go for the corner? I think I may have overstated that. Either way, he's he's made his you know suggestion that he wants to go to the corner. Halfpenny then comes over to take the kick, and the next thing you know, he's going for the corner. Bigger's got the ball in his hand going for the corner. So something has gone terribly wrong there. The players are not there consulting with one another. Now, the story that seems to have come out is that they've made the decision, Halfpenny didn't fancy it, and so they've then gone and taken the and taken the kick to the corner. You're genuinely telling me that neither Halfpenny nor Bigger fancy taking a regulation kick in the in the twenty two yeah. when we needed the three points. Now, I'm not saying that Dan Big is trying to undermine Alan jones because I don't think he is. But he's trying to make the decision that he thinks we should go for the corner and Alan jones has been swayed by it. That's what I think's happened. Maybe Halfpenny did come over and say he didn't fancy the kick. In which case, Dan Bigger takes the kick because he slots them in his sleep for fun. Mm. So the whole thing is just an absolute mess and it sums up where we are at the moment. You know, you've got the guy who's supposedly a shoo-in for the Lions, for the Lions job and yet again, another bungled penalty call. That's really all you've got to do as a captain on the field is communicate with the ref and make the and make the calls when it comes to when it comes to the penalties. And at the moment, he's getting these things wrong, and that is reflecting really, really badly on where the team is. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point. I mean, have you have you ever seen Halfpenny turn down a kick? I don't think so. I mean, this is a guy who has. Do you you know, think he took one for the? Think he's taken one for the team? Though? I honestly don't know, but. I find it hard to believe that, and I know his confidence is low, and you know, and he's he dropped that ball and he shanked a kick in the first half, which you know is the kind of kick he would normally slot. But he, he, he can. You would have thought he'd, he'd be able to take that because he doesn't. He doesn't make many mistakes, does he? No, and he there, doesn't. There, there are two. You know, these things happen. And this is a guy who not, they weren't howlers. No, you know, they they were. Yeah, the kick by his standard was a howler. Yeah. Right, but he doesn't make many of them, and. A guy who has stepped up in a World Cup semi-final when he wasn't the, the the team's goal kicker and come narrowly short, did a similar thing for the Lions. He's not one to shy away from taking a big pressure kick, yet alone one in his own 22. And if he isn't confident enough to take that kick, then he shouldn't be on the bloody field because he's not had anything in the back anyway. So the, the whole thing just kind of really summed up what a mess we are in as a unit here. And that's because we're rudderless, because Howley has got a disparate set of players who are not playing as a unit and that has to come from the top down and it's not yeah yeah obviously you you know I move, I'm slightly moving away from you here because I thought you were going to uh, I thought the arms were going to clock me I've, um, but, I've kept this boiled up for you know yeah, kind of boiled really up for, for four days um, and, 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 and you have to let it go don't you but he it did it did show didn't it the, 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 the sort of the state that we're in just the, just the mess that was going on. There's a lot more. There's a lot more to it, isn't there? Um, there is. And having gone for the corner and the 13-man line-out, you've got to get it right. Yeah, and uh, and we didn't inevitably. Yeah. You could have you, you could have put your house on it as well, couldn't you? 
Yeah, yeah, you could have. really could, you know. How many times? We, we, we can't get them, we never get them right. How many we? times have we scored off those 13-man line-outs? I remember one against New Zealand when we first did it. No, but I mean, whenever, whenever we kick, to the, whenever we kick yeah. to the corner, every other team collects. And we do, we, we make, it, it could be any one of, a number of areas, can't it? I, I just think, you know, if you are New Zealand and you back yourself every time, then that's fine. If your line-out is utterly dominant in that situation, go for it. Or if you've got an utterly dominant scrum, then it kind of makes sense. But more often than not, it's like the old cricket saying, right, that, you know, when at the coin toss, if you win the toss, nine times out of ten, you have a bat. And the one time out of ten, you think about having a bowl, and then you have a bat. It's pretty much the same with penalties. In those situations where it's a relatively tight game, just take the points. And, yeah, so I find it incredibly hard to believe that neither... Bigger nor halfpenny fancied um, fancied having a pop at the, at the sticks there, and I, I don't know. I just think one someone's taking one for the, yeah, one for Adam I, and Jones I, there. I'm with you. I, I think some, it doesn't doesn't quite doesn't quite uh, stack up. But um, I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't. Maybe we will. Moving on to to kind of just touch on the Lions a bit. And there'll be plenty more of this to come over the the coming weeks. But this doesn't bode well for the Lions, does it? Because Rob Howley is their attack coach and uh, you've got Warren Gatland sat in the sat in the crowd kind of looking on on, think, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, I think people will be having a having a chuckle, won't they? I well, mean... Well, they will. For, at you the know, moment. At the moment, yeah, until until it happens and, yeah. they're, and they're down there. And I mean, on the... Bringing back the... Our attacking and that creativity and all, you know, whatever you want to... Whatever you want to call it... Um, do you think that the fact that we've had Rob Howley as our attack coach, obviously now he's he's moved into an overseeing mm-hmm. role, has he? Supposedly. Well, yeah, I mean, um, he's a supply teacher. Matt Sherratt. Sherratt. I think Sherratt. Sherratt on, on this side. Of the, yeah. Okay, fine. You're, 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 yeah. you're definitely right. Um, then we've it's got... good to see Henry Pigross come off the bench. Your uh, your mate <laughs> on the weekend. Sorry, yeah, yeah Matt Sherratt. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Alex King, mm-hmm. and then and now we're going and we'll have uh, we'll have Stephen Jones in the uh, in the summer. I mean, it's confusing me. There's more changes in the coaching Just, setup in yeah. the backs coaches than there are yeah. in the than there are in the selection. Yeah. It, that that must be confusing for players. It, yeah, it must be. It must be. You can't you can't have that many you can't have that many changes. And they're all they're all going to have their they're all different guys. They're going to have different styles. Is that having an effect on we're being caught between? You know, lots of different styles. We don't know. You know, we probably start start one system, and then we, you know, we're brought on. To, we're brought on to something else. Is there a, is there a good handover that's taking that's taking place in terms of you know this is what we were doing and this is what you know what we were going to continue? I can't imagine there is. Judging by on the pitch, there isn't. No, um, and and all these things are having an effect, and it's it's almost like you know, sort of team. You know, team Wales is being treated like a sort of second class citizen, really, isn't it? Um, and it cannot be it cannot be the case, can it? You know, people are paying you know people are paying really good money to come watch the Welsh team. We're all supporting um, financially, emotionally, yeah. and and, and we, it's just not not happening. I'll ask you this question then: yeah. Who are they being treated as a second class citizen by? Warren Gatland. Is it is it Gatland's fault? Is it the union? Well, if if. If Gatlin was if Gatlin was coaching us, mm. we wouldn't we wouldn't have any of the issues. So a lot of it has to come back to him, doesn't it? I think I think a lot of it does come back to him. But then the previous regime shouldn't have let him go. I think they should have drawn a, drawn an ultimatum and said, 
Okay, if you want to go and coach the Lions, feel free. But well, the WRU ultimately are are to blame, aren't they? I think. I so. mean, if if you're a coach and you're allowed to get it, you're allowed to get away with it. Yeah. Then he's got away with it. Fair, mm. fair play to him. You know, he's got away. He's got away with it. But a lot of the coaches have been, uh, you know, turned down, have turned down uh, taking various positions, haven't they? And we're now in a position where. Um, even if we want to make change, we can't because the contracts are so lengthy. Yeah. We cannot. We, we don't have the money to uh, to do anything about it. So we're absolutely stuck where we are. Yeah, and it's a pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty depressing, really. Yeah, it is. And you know, I think right. The next two games, Howley's got in charge. Then it's the summer tour, which is a you know development tour. It's a different scenario. While him and uh, Jenks and Gatland are off with the Lions. What happens after that? Uh, Gatland, I can't see. I can't see uh, coming back. Really, I can't. No, but we we need him. We need him to. Don't we? So what happens then? He takes up another. He takes up another coaching role. Yeah. Can you see him coming back in? No, I can't really. I I, I can't see it being a viable situation. If he does come back in, I think he's going to have a difficult time looking those players in the eyes because there's going to be a lot of them. That I think he won't take, certainly not based on current form, and that's going to be a difficult thing to manage. How do you put your arm around, you know, John Davies and go, "Oh, you're the you're the best player in the world, you're a world beater, you know that," when you know he, he doesn't take him in the summer? That's an example, anyway. You know what I mean? I, I, Graham Henry had the same problem in 2001. You know, he was uh, he'd improved Wales massively, then went on the Lions tour and came back, mm. and it was never the same after that. Yeah, I can't, I can't see him, I can't see him coming back in. I think Gats as well, though. I think he is a. He's got something about him, isn't he? I think he's a big enough character to be able to say to them that you, you know, you bang off form and uh, maybe I say, and maybe it's something to do with me not being there. But, um, <laughs> but um, that's why you weren't. That's why we didn't select you. Maybe. Um, we're laughing about it. That's all you. That's that's all you can do, isn't it? You yeah. laugh or cry. But um, uh, we do. We talked about strength in depth, haven't we? And sort of play, you know, players and. We we seem to have more strength and depth in a lot of the position in a lot of the positions than we've ever had, and so so much of this for me is unnecessary. You know, if we pick players, pick players on form, yeah. make substitutions when when we need to. Uh, you know, take take players off when they should be taken off, and bring players on earlier when when we need to change when we need to change the game. And could that could that make you know could that make a difference? And also, yeah, but uh, whose job is that? It's head coach's job. It's, yeah, it's head, it's head coach, yeah. And you need a strong, experienced head coach to make those big decisions. I know, but we, we, we said we can't change the coach. We can't change the, the, the head coach, can we? For the time being. No, and that's, that's, but that's why we're in this problem. Mm. We're in this situation and we will remain to be until there is a change in the coaching setup. Gallon says that he isn't communicating with, um, mm. with, with, you with, know, with Howley. It'd be good if he did. We need him to. We need him to put a little call in and just say, look, you know, have a look at your body language, review the mm. tapes, look at you doing, change that. That can something as much as changing the way you stand in and holding yourself can have a can have a big, big effect. Change the person that you are. I if know, you yeah. if you've got to act, you've got to act. And I know you know, but it's, it's, it's too late. He's just not the kind of character yeah, we, who's going to be able to. You know, what's going to happen for? But Rob, we have to win what, these two what games. What kind of transformation? Transformation is going to happen for Rob Howley to come out and command the dressing room, and command the 
the, the mix he's over. He's going to go and get a mask. He's going to go and get a mask. Yeah, he's got to turn up. He transform himself. And, you know, um, come in walking like you know, and David Brent gets yeah. a new leather jacket and a and an earring because he's trying to look. He's trying to look cool in Why front of people. Why not? Let's go for it. Oh, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's an absolute shambles. And yeah, yeah I, all right then. But, we, but these are, these two games we have we have to win, don't we? We do have to win. Will we win against Ireland? I'm expecting a. We ha- there's going to be a big reaction, isn't there? It's going to be that classic... You tell me. It's going to be that classic um, line as well of we're going to give the players um, another chance to redeem themselves. I could just see it mm-hmm. now. Um, I think Mori, I think um, Falatau will come in for, Mor- yeah. for Moriarty and Charteris will, Charteris yeah. will come in. Um, I can't see there being any, any, any other changes. If we are going to win, I think it will be through by an absolute battle. So it'll just be a massive physical effort. Um, I... I I can't see us doing it though if we um, if we stick to you know if we stick to what we think the the selection is going to be if we make if we put Sam Davis at ten uh, Steph Evans Steph Evans comes in on the wing mm-hmm. um, for for George North who uh, as we spoke about earlier touched the ball three times against Scotland mm-hmm. three times you know um, Liam Williams moves to fullback yeah that has to happen. And Again, Howley seems to be the only person in the world who thinks he's a primarily a winger. I haven't spoken to any anybody I've, else. Honestly, no one I've spoken to thinks, oh yeah, he's better off on the wing. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's so frustrating. And um, half penny as well. I, I, I think you know possibly he could be dropped. Okay, who for? Um, well, we'd have to, we'd have to bring in um, uh, Giles. You know, he can't. He can't. He can't stop. Uh, he can't stop scoring, can he? No, he can't. But you know, if Hanley doesn't back him off the bench against against Japan, there's no chance he'll pick. Giles. I know this is. I know this isn't going to happen. But yeah. that would be that would be really exciting. They do have frailties in there uh, out, out wide, and um, they wouldn't know what was coming with those boys. Mm. They certainly know what's coming if we've got George North in the side know, and half and half Penny on the wing and Liam. Will- um, sorry, and Liam Williams on the wing. Yeah, we can only do so much. Um, our only threat, if we stick to the same thing, is is, is Reese Webb, and yeah. they'll know that. They'll know that he's the only uh, he's the only threat. It will be it'll be fantastic to see him and Murray. It will. I also think it'll be fantastic to see him against their back row, which is a very different back row to ours. It's very power orientated with Stander, with Stander and um, O'Brien, and then he slipped standing out on the wing. Um, He'll probably have a stormer now, yeah. won't he? I said that, but you know that's that's quite it's got a sixty meter run in him, isn't it? That's a yeah. being the lions. That's a very <laughs> physical back row, rather than you know ours, which has got two sevens in it, trying to get over the top of the ball. And if Toby plays, Toby's more of a what's the word? A pragmatic yeah. player than just an out and out power player. So that would be an interesting battle yeah. for me. But yeah, we'll, I we'll, I, yeah, I don't have any confidence in our. Uh, in us now because I th- I feel against Ireland we we, we would have we can we we've got the edge in the back row, um, second rows yeah we're fine up front because we blow completely hot and cold. Mm. You've got to they, hope they get parity with that. Yeah, and I and I can't see us having that because their front row is um, the front good, row isn't it? Yeah. is good. Yeah, and they're, they're mobile as well around the park. We don't. I don't think we're seeing enough from. Uh, uh, Enough for my front row. Mm. Um, yeah, well, we'll preview the Ireland game in, uh, in a bit more detail next week. And we've got loads more coming up in part two, which will be concentrating on 
um, all of the, the more kind of domestic news from this week. And as always, if you want to get, invi- get in touch with us, let us know what you think at Attacking Scrum on Twitter, facebook.com slash Attacking Scrum, and leave us a review and subscribe on iTunes, and you can get this podcast straight to your phone or uh, or chosen device, tablet, tablet. Yeah. yeah. Do people still use tablets? I think so. What are they? You know, like an iPad, yeah. things like that, yeah. I, I just take it. Just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Valium at the moment, I think. <laughs> right, loads more coming up in the second half. We'll chat to you then. Yes, they'll all come to meet me on the reaching, smiling sweetly. It's good to touch the green, green grass of home. The old... Podcast Network.